Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. I never really thought about it that way, but that's, I think, what most people do is they they use comfort and routines and sameness to sort of shore up deficits in their lives so that they don't actually have to look at it. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is the second part of a three-part series on maturity. In this episode, we look at happiness and the lies we tell ourselves to protect our need to be comfortable. Then we dig deeper to discover different ways in which we are all immature and what you can do to change it. If it sounds messy, you're right, and that's the point. Messiness is where learning happens. This is a must-listen episode full of tons of information, truth bombs, and discomfort. You definitely want to keep listening. This episode is from a recent weekly webcast. Members get a ton of different ways to become better professionals, including attendance to the live courses I teach. Beginning January 11, 2018, I'll begin teaching an 11-week course called How to Manage and Be Managed, The Missing Manual. Management is a lot like parenting. Many people do it, and they mostly have no idea what they're doing, but somehow they make it work. The result? Stress, wheel spinning, overwhelm, millions of dollars, and lost opportunity. It doesn't have to be this way. This course is the missing manual, what we all should have been taught in high school. Forget everything you learned about management. You don't have to motivate your employees. You don't need to empower them. And you definitely shouldn't be supervising them. This course trains you in the basics of the clear and open model for management. You can increase engagement and productivity, eliminate supervision and wasted resources. This is a counterintuitive approach. I've been training leaders in one-on-one sessions for over 15 years, offered now for the first time as an affordable course. So while the course is about training management skill, it's also perfect for non-managers because it gives people what they need to understand what a manager is doing with them and why it's in their best interest to help and go along with it. So for more information about the course, please go to clearandopen.com slash how-to-manage. That's clearandopen.com slash how-to-manage. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. I suppose for me, an example would be that I continue to, in the moment, tell myself that Estimating and selling is more important um, than managing my business, managing people and managing my business. What's good about that fantasy? What's good about it is I don't have to change much. I don't have to change, I guess. Don't have to change what? Don't have to change my behaviors, daily behaviors. And what's good about not changing your daily behaviors? I know what the wrong answer is. <laughs> Nothing? Yeah. Right? Very good. I can stay inside my comfort zone. And what's good about staying inside your comfort zone? I can pretend that I'm happy. Whoa. I think. Wow. I've never heard you say that before. 
So that's the fantasy. Let me fess up here. I felt like, okay, Joseph is challenging me to go a little deeper than I've gone before and not use a stock answer. Oh, and I didn't know I was doing that. I was just being curious. Well, well, I, I was taking it that way. I was grasping at something and that came to mind. Is it true? I, are you pretending to be happier than you are? Because happiness is a lot like maturity. We're, we feel like we're supposed to be it. I have to think about it some more. I think there's truth in it. And I don't know how true it is. It's, it's just as it's new, it was new for you. It's new for me. <laughs> I came up with it. Quite that's, I think that's a really great discovery that's worth exploring. Okay. That maybe the fantasy is... I mean, that's, that would let me sort of sum it up in a, in a way that would be really powerful that some part of you in order to protect a version of happiness that you have that's not completely real is using comfort to sort of shore it up. I never really thought about it that way, but that's, I think, what most people do is they, they use comfort and routines and sameness to sort of shore up deficits in their lives so that they don't actually have to look at it. Like eating. Yeah, I was going to say caffeine. Yeah, eating, caffeine, you know, it's like if you don't feel like you have the energy or you don't feel nourished, you can take in this outside thing that will sort of sort of give you a hit for a while. Oh, yeah, I was thinking more like um, eating sweets for instance but you know i i'm sure it's similar to caffeine it's interesting because i i really think i've made a lot of progress in bearing the discomfort that i feel when i have urges to eat at, and snack at night but i'm certainly not immune mm -hmm. kind of like i shouldn't say okay um just like you were saying earlier saying i'm mature and saying oh i don't I've, I've licked my cravings are, I think are analogous things to say. It's important for me to realize that there will be probably different levels to whatever that is that, th that triggers a craving to eat something sweet, to feel better. Just like there's an importance to continuing to question, uh, to ask ourselves wh where we're immature. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to look at in general, especially with food because unless you are paying very close attention, it's very easy to slide into eating until you, your state changes rather than eating until you're full. Yeah, for sure. Next time you guys eat, that's a good thing to look at. Notice, like, are you eating until... When do you stop eating? What's your evidence strategy that you're done eating? Are you looking for a physical full sensation or are you looking for a state change? You know, when you're eating something that, you know, you know is quote, not good for you, something sweet, so chocolate, like, you know, you're, you don't stop eating chocolate when you're full. If you're eating chocolate, you're probably already full, right? That's not probably your meal. So you've got a bunch of chocolate in front of you. When are you done? Right? You know you're done when something changes in you. What changes? What is that? If you're me and it's chocolate, you, you stop eating the chocolate when there's no more left. <laughs> yeah. 
I currently have no chocolate in my house. That's why I just don't let myself have it anymore because it's, it's easier to do that than to, unless I, you know, every once in a while I'll bring it on, but sure. I inevitably lose control. I've, I've been addicted to chocolate probably since I was born. So it's become something that's just best left out of Joseph's reach. But what I can tell you is there's a very clear state change that some part of me is looking for. And what do you call the use of something that changes your state? A drug? A drug. I have said in the past many times that my drug of choice is, is uh, sugar. Mm-hmm. That's really true. Sugar is very powerful. Yep. They say that it, uh, uh, shown on brain scans, affects uh, the same parts and in the same intensity as things like opioids. Yeah. Well, to me, what's most fascinating about sugar is to really appreciate how refined it is. I've got some sugar cane in, in pots growing. It's beautiful stuff. And, you know, you can slice it and chew on it. And, you know, it's like mildly sweet, but to get like a teaspoon of sugar out of sugarcane, I think you need like a foot, a foot. Eating a foot of sugarcane is a lot of work. I mean, that's like eating like a foot of broccoli stock. It's not quite that dense, but there's a lot of fiber in it, which slows down the absorption of it. So like, you know, uh, I think uh, a, a can, a 12 ounce soda has like the equivalent of 12 teaspoons of sugar. Has 12 feet of sugar cane. Oh, baby. <laughs> you know how tired your jaw would be? I mean, it's like this fibrous stuff. If you've never had raw sugar cane, it's fibrous. It's like, I'm, t- I'm trying to describe, I'm trying to think of what it's like. I don't know, like the husk of a pineapple almost, but not quite as tough. It's a lot of chewing and it's really a lot of work. So that means refined sugar is kind of like, it's the same thing. Like you can take coca leaves from a coca plant and you can chew them and it will, you know, give you a mild stimulation, or you can take a whole bunch of them and turn it into cocaine. Well, sugar is the same thing in some ways. It's just this hyper concentrated derivation from a plant. There's no sugar in nature. Not like that. The same way there's no cocaine in nature. You know, you can turn it into that. Marijuana, marijuana, on the other hand, that's coming right off the plant. That doesn't need any... Really interesting, right? What nature is saying about that. Here, this is a finished product. This here is not. So in other words, nature's sort of uh, first blush or sort of uh, nature's presentation would say that marijuana is, is more natural than sugar. And of course, it's easy to see that sugar is way more addictive. Yeah. Even on a physical level. But anyway, we digress. Tobacco, on the other hand, does show up like that, but you have to cure it kind of carefully. But tobacco but tobacco is not uniformly addictive to people like sugar is. What else? How are you immature? And what are you doing about it? It's a challenging question, right? Of course, by being able to speak about this, you guys get that that's the highest form of maturity there is. I thought I set that up really well, right? So y'all should be chomping at the bit to share maturely about your immaturity. Or maybe you've got nothing to say about your level of maturity, thus confirming your total immaturity. (laughs) You see how I trapped you that way? 
you're all trapped now. You, you, yeah. you either speak about your maturity or, or lack thereof, or you're, do you really not know? Come on, you guys, you know where your immaturities lie. Everybody knows. We just hide it. I'll do the yeah, but first. <laughs> While I am a lot better at this, because uh, I've done quite a bit of work on myself, I still catch myself when I don't get what I want. There's two things that bother me. I, 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 I get pissed and, and basically it's, I'm a crybaby and I curse a lot. I think I curse way too much. And I think that's a sign of immaturity as well. Or I would not. say it, that depends on who's around when you say it. But yes. if it's coming from a non-acceptance of reality, it, I would say it's a symptom. I don't think there's anything inherently immature about cursing. But if it's an expression of I'm not getting what I want, reality is not going my way. It's together. It comes. It's, uh-huh. When I curse and, I'm, and, and everything's going on, it's, it's within the guys kind of thing mm-hmm. where, where I feel comfortable in doing that. Mm-hmm. But something wasn't going my way and I felt really bad because I've learned to pause. Something wasn't going my way because if I really look at it, I had a client, there was an issue with, 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 a, with an item. It was about a thousand dollars. Okay. We'll take care of it. We, we, we have to research it first, blah, 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 blah. Um, we decide, yes, we cannot, something went wrong. We fired an employee. It was on that last day he was with me, whatever we, we want to take, we want to make this right. I cut the check slowly. I should have done it immediately. I did not do that within 30 days. We wanted at least two weeks to do some research on it. She apparently thought I should cut the check a lot sooner. I cut the check. And then about four days later, I get a court summons. Ouch. And so, but I settled. I went back and forth. It was now at the Better Business Bureau. Ooh. So I've got two different deal, things I'm dealing with when I should have just been more timely. I, you know, I chose to, to drag my feet on this. I had every intention. I, it, the deal was, was I was going to pay. Mm-hmm. But I slow paid. Mm-hmm. And it got me in a lot of trouble, and I didn't like that because I felt like that all she had to do was, I mean, apparently she has nothing better to do. Doesn't she know who she's dealing with? Of course I'm going to honor my word. I said I was going to pay, I'm going to pay. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was offended, and especially with the court summons and, and all this other stuff. Wait, did you say you were offended? I was offended. Oh, how did you do that? How do I do that? Yeah. How did you get offended there? Because she didn't wait for me to write a check. Like I said, I was. Okay. So what's true is she didn't wait. And, and how did you get offended about that? I got offended when she, when she filed a, a, a claim against me. And what is that? What is like the experience of being offended? It hurts my pride. Can you point to where the pride is on you? (laughs) Where is that? Where's the pride bone? I think it's in here somewhere. Oh, in your head? Mm -hmm. So she hurt your mind? (laughs) 
<laughs> How did you do that? We don't get sued. You don't? We haven't. You've never been sued? It's never had to go to that, that level. It made me mad. Doesn't she know how, what kind of business I operate? Doesn't she know? Should she? That's what I thought. She's supposed to know what kind of business she do. Is she supposed to know that nobody sues you guys? And that you run a high integrity business that is immune no, from being sued? If I would have paid her on time, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, but how did you get offended? That's what I'm really curious about. What is that? What is that offended thing? It's got to be an ego thing. Why do you say that? Where else would it come from? I don't know. You're the one who experienced it. How did you get offended? She, what's true is she, she actually did sue you, right? She, I mean, she began a process, right? So she, she began a lawsuit. And so then you're looking at the piece of paper, right? You're summoned, it's a summons. And then you did something with that letter that caused you to feel offended. I want to know what exactly happened in that moment. How did you do it? Because I had already written her a check and it was a done deal. Well, she probably hadn't gotten a check yet. It crossed in the mail, obviously. I mean, like, you know, she would tell a lawyer to do that probably a week in advance. And it would mail three days later, you know, all that. Yeah. So how did you get offended? I said I was going to pay her. She didn't give me the chance to pay her before she, before she went, you know, took it in her own hands. Okay. So she should have known that you were going to keep your word. And so her doubting your integrity was an insult to you. And then that was like a personal attack. Is that how it works? Yeah. Is that true? It's, it's not so, it's not as bad as that. Because I understood. The difference is three years ago, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have understood her, her side. Mm-hmm. I, I, I took ownership. I'm like, dang it. You know, that was, it. that was, it, you procrastinated on this thing and look what it, look what it did. But then it didn't stop. It was, it went to the Better Business Bureau. and. The Better Business Bureau got involved, and, and I, I worked it out with them. It was, it was mm-hmm. no big deal. But I, I, I lost my temper talking to a lady from the Better Business Bureau. Oh. So I, made a, I made something bad worse. Mm-hmm. And I think I sounded very immature in that phone call. Mm-hmm. I sounded like the, my, the old me, the guy that just reacts with no pause or hesitation. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's look at this from sort of a meta view. So you were going to make it right. No doubt in my mind about that. You were going to cut the check in content. You had full and total integrity because you were going to do it. You said you were going to do it. You're going to keep your word and you want to do some good. Go and I did it. And you did I, before I got the summons, it was done. Right. But, but in context, the way in which you did it did not satisfy the customer. Yes. And then the customer's reaction communicated, I don't think you have integrity. Yes. Right. Because I'm going to have to sue you to get this money. I don't trust you're going to actually keep your word. 
Yes. And that offended you. Hurt my feelings. Because in content, it didn't fit. Yes. But in context, it did. Yes. Rather than receiving that and going, oh, crap, this sucks. I'm getting sued. But I've already written the check. What was there to accept in that moment? In content, you'd kept your word. In context, you had not. Now, I don't know. You didn't have an agreed upon timeline with her, right? Right. So it was a little bit mushy. But if you go by the sort of feeling of it, she she had the feeling that it wasn't um, being handled in a prompt manner. And she didn't apparently have the feeling that she could call up and get a straight answer from you for whatever reason. And she may be, you know, quite a nutty person. Maybe you only had a 1% contribution to the lack of integrity and context. It might have been very tiny. But the fact is, in the end, she was moved to, um, to start a lawsuit. So imagine in that moment where you just went, oh, wow, she started a lawsuit. And then you'd feel this rage rise in you. How dare she? I'm going to keep my word. This wasn't necessary. We don't get sued. Right? That's one fork in the road. The other fork in the road was, oh, well, I had every intention of keeping my word, but for, for whatever reason, she didn't trust that. And I kind of dragged my feet a little bit. I'm sure that contributed. Oh, well, well, the check's already in the mail. I guess this will just disappear. Again, Except for the $200 that I had to pay for the court costs. <laughs> but you that, see was, that? that was the tax. You see that? Yes. My That's, reaction. Yeah, you, you see the, the fork in the road there? So look, the, the beautiful consequences for your actions here was life gave you some feedback about dragging your feet. Immediately. I can totally relate. Remember the story of the truck I bought? Yep. I, I, you know, I really, boy, this is, I really need a new, I need a car with better clearance, maybe a Subaru truck, Subaru truck, I don't know. And then one day, blam, I bought him out my car and it's leaking transmission fluid, like at the rate of like a quart an hour. Too late. Too late. Yep. It's like, exactly. Life's like, oh, I'm sorry. Time's up. Now you're going to make a decision whether it's comfortable for you or not. And, and the mature way of relating to that is acceptance. Yeah. It's a bummer bummer because I have accepted. So I have big, huge things going in my life with a lot of acceptance wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. And I'm much happier because of it. But it's these, it's these little, these, these sideways things hitting me on a, on a random Tuesday that, that surprised me. We have our blind spots, don't we? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.